Hello, and welcome to Alameda County Library's Read On podcast. We're talking about new books, classic books, and other fun stuff you can get from your library. We hope you enjoy. Find us on the web at aclibrary.org. Hi, my name's Trevor Calvert, and this podcast is called Books I Haven't Read. It goes over forthcoming books that will be coming out in the next few months. Uh, one of the very first books I'd like to talk about today is Patience by Daniel Klaus, out on Fanographics in April. Daniel Klaus, author of Ghost World, Wilson, The Death Ray, is a master. I've been collecting comics since I could read, so trust me when I say that few do it better. His stories are so well-paced, composed with grace and balance, and his characters somehow feel at once far away from me and strangely intimate. His stories make me uncomfortable, but in a good way. And he has not written anything in five years. Luckily, it seems like it may have been worth the wait. Fandographics describes Patience as... An indescribable, psychedelic, science fiction love story. Veering with uncanny precision from violent destruction to deeply personal tenderness in a way that is both quintessentially Closian and utterly unique in the author's body of work. This 180-page, full-color story affords Close the opportunity to draw some of the most exuberant and breathtaking pages of his life, and to tell his most suspenseful, surprising, and affecting story yet. So basically, this graphic novel is about after a man's wife is murdered, he builds a time machine in response, because that's what you do, and then the world gets a little surreal as we travel with this guy through time, exploring various eras and also the terrain of his broken heart. The next title I'd like to talk about is The Lonely City, Adventures in the Art of Being Alone by Olivia Lang, which is out in March on Picador. I've actually got this one on my phone right now because there are perks to being a librarian. And right away, this line jumped out from her introduction. Loneliness, I began to realize, was a populated place, a city in itself. And one inhabits a city, even a city as rigorously and logically constructed as Manhattan. One starts by getting lost. Over time, you begin to develop a mental map, a collection of favored destinations and preferred routes, a labyrinth no other person could ever precisely duplicate or reproduce. What I was building in those years, and now what follows, is a map of loneliness built out of both need and interest, pieced together from my own experiences and those of others. I really love using urban landscapes as metaphors, and then to weave that into a memoir and a study of Manhattan, an exploration of technology and isolation, a biography of, among others, Henry Darger, Edward Hopper, and Andy Warhol, and then to balance all of this into an investigation of what it means to be alone, Well, there's a certain irony reading a book about loneliness and simultaneously being grateful that no one is around interrupting your reading. This has been Books I Haven't Read. My name is Trevor Calvert, and I am a book selector for the Alameda County Library. These are already on order, so please do go check them out.
is Chris, and I'm back with forthcoming books. Uh, today I'm going to talk about Mothering Sunday by British author Graham Swift. And this book is due out April 26th. So some of you may remember Graham Swift. He uh, won a Man Booker Prize in 1996 for his book Last Orders. And later that uh, book became a movie with Michael Caine in 2001. So that might help jog your memory as well. So Mothering Sunday, I really love this book, and I especially like that this book begins with Once Upon a Time, because it is as satisfying as many fairy tales. Our heroine, Jane Fairchild, would live for nearly 100 years and go on to be a famous writer of 19 books, but in this slim volume, we get to learn the one story she would never tell. So in the book, it is March 30th, 1924. And Jane is a 22-year-old maid at an English estate. It's Mothering Sunday, which is a day when servants had a free day to visit their families. But Jane, orphaned at birth, has no family to visit. And so she is free to be with her lover, Paul. Paul is the heir of the neighboring estate, a man with whom she has been in a relationship for years. She thinks it is likely their last day together, for Paul will marry a woman of his own social class, in two weeks' time. Suffice to say, it is a momentous day in both Jane and Paul's lives. And part of the trouble with reviewing this book is that there is so much I can't say about it. In 200 pages, uh, there's a lot of detail and a lot of things happen. And if I give too much away here, you won't appreciate it. One thing I loved about this book is that it's told like a daydream. Jane, uh, while she's telling the story, is now a famous writer, and she's thinking back on this day that would change her life forever. And like a daydream, it's recursive, right? So it's looping back to fill in the details of that one day in her life. And it's also moving us forward in Jane's life story, very much like a daydream. Uh, the language is beautiful, it's sensuous, and Jane herself is made of that stuff that all good fairy tale heroines are made of. She has self-possession, she's optimistic, she's courageous. And I just found myself rooting for her the whole way through everything she went through that day and in her life. That this book is so short is not a problem because it crams in so many lovely ideas to ponder. A lot of my favorite ideas in the book have to do with writing. Two things she said in the last paragraph particularly struck me, which was that good writing is trying to capture the feeling of being alive. And at the same time, good writing is also being true to the fact that many things in life can never be explained at all. So I want to recommend Mothering Sunday to everybody out there, and it's coming out April 26th. I'm sure we'll have some copies in the library for you. And this has been Chris with Forthcoming Books. Hi, this is Blaine with Book to Screen. This is Natalie, also with Book to Screen. Today we're doing the teen book Recovery Road, which is now a TV show on the Freeform Network, which was previously ABC Family, which was previously Fox Family. So I have only read the book, so that is all I can speak to. And I was pleasantly surprised. I'm normally not overly excited to watch the new brand of teen television or the pop culture books, and that's what I assumed this was going to be once I heard it was a new ABC or freeform television show. But the book 
was very engaging and probably should be recommended for kids who are dealing with rehab as the main character, Madeline Graham. This book opens with her at Spring Meadow, a rehab facility. So I hated the book. <laughs> Actually, my first um, when I first read that they were turning this book into a TV show, I kind of went, her? Like, kind of, you know, Arrested Development, like, her? And Really? <laughs> like, of all the... Like, I get, I get the 100. I get Pretty Little Liars. Like, I see the appeal of those. But this book, which is kind of this random, not-a-hit teen book about recovery. But I actually... The reason why I watched the show is because I recognized two of the, the lead characters from a British teen show called Skins, which aired a couple of years ago. And actually, kind of intriguing fact about that is the lead girl of this show on Skins was killed by the guy who plays her love interest currently. Whoa. Like, stay yeah, away from I, him. He's going to kill you. I looked it up on IMDb to see who was in it and was surprised by the casting and that most of the cast is British and that this takes place in Portland. But I actually liked Madeline. I liked her story, her path from rehab through getting good grades and getting away from the party life, getting to go to a college. But I didn't see it being a television show. The TV show, it's a little bit different than the book. The book covers a lot of time. Sort of this girl Madeline going into rehab, recovery, sort of kind of follows, is she going to stay on this path or not? So far, at least, the TV show is just taking place in this rehab facility. So it's sort of um, you see Maddie, she's partying, it's all in good fun. You know, then the next morning she wakes up on the grass and she doesn't think she has a problem. She thinks she's just normal teen girl partying. But she gets caught with alcohol at school and is given the choice to either like just go to a rehab in a rehab facility somewhere else or to live in this we call it sober house facility at night and it's but she can still go to her regular school. So she doesn't have to give up her friends or her social life. So it's sort of like being, actually, it's sort of like being a superhero. She has a secret life. She hasn't told any of her friends that she's, you know, in rehab by night. So it's sort of an interesting conflict, or at least right now where the show is, we're only a couple episodes in. She doesn't actually even believe she's an addict yet. So this is, it's very different than the book. It's almost like a prequel. because the- Or more like this little section of actual rehab. And I just have one little aside about teen dramas. Now, when I was, when I was a teen back in the day, I had, um, see, Dawson's Creek, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Felicity, Roswell. Actually, aside from Roswell was based in a book series, but otherwise those were all original ideas. But it seems now like every teen show you hear about is based on a book series. So even like Back to Gossip Girl, Vampire Diaries, The 100, Pretty Little Liars, this one, Recovery Road. What's up with that? (laughs) It's definitely a place to pluck from. Uh, We have books on the shelf as opposed to you can't go read Felicity. I would totally read Felicity. (laughs) Now I want Felicity books. (laughs) Just something to to think about why, if it's good or not, I don't know. But I would recommend the TV show. And you would recommend the book, so that's one vote, one (laughs) vote for each. Well, this has been Book to Screen. This is Natalie. And this is Blaine. Go watch Freeform. It's awesome. This is Kate, and I am here with notes from the stacks. I'm here ostensibly to talk about a book, Everybody Rise, by Stephanie Clifford, which I read recently, but really, I have a request. First, Everybody Rise, Stephanie Clifford. It's a book about a young woman on the East Coast living in Manhattan, and she gets a little social climby 
She gets seduced by the world of Adirondack camps and charity fundraisers and very expensive jewelry, and she sort of loses sight of her own values. And you know, you can imagine what happens. It's it's fine. Uh, the character development is maybe a little sketchy, but you get a lot of great details about the world she's trying to enter. You get information about the, the special exclusive racquetball clubs and the you know the fancy the rules of these vacation places and what to do with a fish knife, which caused me all sorts of anxiety. I don't know, I confess, what to do with a fish knife. I've read a lot of these books, it occurs to me. People are getting really into their charity work, people who are trying to get invited to somebody's special dinner party, and they're always on the East Coast. They're going to to beach houses, they're going to, to private estates on the water, they're going to private islands. All of these beaches and islands are in the Atlantic Ocean. I live on the Pacific Ocean. Do we not have any rich people over here on the West Coast? So my request is this. Can someone please write me a novel where somebody is social climbing in California? I know these people are out here. They've got to be out here. There's exclusive clubs downtown. I walked past them. I peered in the windows. They're in LA. They're in San Francisco. I want to read a novel set about somebody trying to get into the Bohemian Grove, okay? They've got, they've got to be out there. We have rich people here. And don't tell me that, oh, you know, New York society is so much more established than West Coast society. The whole country is fairly young. We're not talking about some kind of Henry James, you know, America versus old Europe here thing. It's like maybe a hundred year difference. The rich people are there. There's got to be somebody with an estate in Carmel that some young Silicon Valley engineer really wants to get into. Write me this book. I promise to read it. And I'm not saying that there are none out there, but there are very few. If you've got one that I missed, leave it in the comments, but leave out those terrible Hollywood novels where some young girl gets swept up by a movie star and then learns to stand on her own two feet and starts her own independent production company. That's not what I'm talking about. I've read those. They're always co-written and they're never very good. I want the kind of thing that's written about New York, written about California. We can do it. I promise to read it. Let's go. This has been Kate with Notes from the Stacks.